I have felt um, in the dark this week. I received word while I was out of town over Memorial Weekend that my friend's husband had died unexpectedly. He wasn't even 50 years old, and he had three school-age sons. It's the kind of news that stops you in motion, news that clenches your heart in unbelief. How could this happen, and why do these things happen? Human reason does not aid us in times like this because we can't make sense of it or put the situation in some kind of defined, neat category that makes it easier to understand. When our world darkens, it's impossible to see what's ahead, and even the road behind us seems obscure. And when our world turns dim like this, how is it that we see God's presence? Nicodemus came to Jesus in the pitch black of night. He was a Pharisee, an esteemed professor of all things religious. People went to Nicodemus for answers about God. So he secretly comes at night because he's a bit concerned what people might think about him, the religious guru, coming to Jesus to inquire more about faith. You see, Jesus had been around town breaking into this world with radical messages and signs of forgiveness, healing, and abundance. And his actions have not gone over well with the Pharisees. Nicodemus and others have been closely watching Jesus. And now Nicodemus is curious to find out more about what this man of God is all about. Jesus' responses to Nicodemus are far from clear. He says things like, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Now, like us, I think, Nicodemus hears Jesus' responses literally, and so what Jesus says, it makes no sense to us or to him. How can we be born from above when we have already been born? What do water and the Spirit have to do with this? Nicodemus came to Jesus looking for something concrete, like a list of guidelines to follow or something like that, in order to see and experience God. He didn't come to hear about a rebirth that he can't comprehend or even control. Now, even in 21 verses, Jesus never clearly defines what it means to be born from above, what being born from water and spirit is all about. But as Jesus speaks, this other story emerges, one that we can't see entirely or completely understand. Now, there's many competing stories in our culture today, stories and messages that define our identity based on high achievement, how we look, what we buy, 
And we're drawn to these stories and they mesmerize us because they can affirm us. They affirm our efforts. They can set us apart from others. And these messages make us feel in control. But what happens then when life stops being perfect, like when your spouse dies, and when our attempts to make it on our own efforts fail? When success stories and happily ever after, after stories cease to hold us, then what do we do? I wonder if this is when we have to be born from above. When we have to reopen our eyes to see something that we have not seen before. I wonder if this is when faith begins to have grit, when we have to wrestle with it and ultimately let go of something to begin to see a new pattern come to life. One that may have been in front of our face before, but we haven't seen it yet. At the end of this story, in the last few verses, Jesus speaks of a significant image of faith in the Gospel of John. It's light and darkness. And in this Gospel, light represents belief and darkness represents unbelief. And Jesus says, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people have loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is speaking of here that light not only can illumine space, but it also can reveal things we can never see in the dark, things that we would prefer not to see. Think of it in these examples. Think of how switching on a lamp in your bedroom at night all of a sudden exposes a dusty nightstand or how we can see watermarks or smears on our window panes only when the sun streams in. Jesus, the light of the world, comes to reveal the limits of these success stories that the world feeds us and tells us about our identity. But this light also comes to allow us to see things we may otherwise miss. And these things are God's presence moving in and taking hold of all that we experience. It reveals God's story live, living among the things in this world. Do you see it? Do you believe it? In this story, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, and he's telling us, there is another story. It's a story of God's presence of light in a world of darkness. It's a story of belief in the midst of unbelief. It's a story of God rebirthing us from above in water and spirit. And we can never quite understand it because it's so different than the messages that we get in this world. The question that Jesus is posing to Dick and Demas and to us, will you stay in the darkness 
or will you come into the light? In order to come into the light, to believe, we have to let go and believe that there's something else than what the world is representing to us. It is in this light that we can begin to see signs of God's kingdom, of his presence. But often God's kingdom goes unnoticed because we are distracted by pursuing other things, or maybe it's found in people or places where we would never expect God to be. As the funeral of my friend's husband began on Thursday morning, there was this interesting stream of light that entered the sanctuary. It was like a laser. It cut diagonally clear across the massive brick wall behind the altar. Its starting point could not clearly be made out, but I knew it was coming from somewhere above. Now, I don't mention this because I think it was like this um, God sighting, but I do have to say this light was so apparent, and maybe it was because we hadn't seen the sun for many days, or maybe it is because this light helped all of us see something beyond the reality of the present. The miracle, I think, in that light was not that our grief dissipated as that light entered the worship, but that the light dared to enter the darkness of our grief, and right there it exposed God's presence in tears and in broken hearts. What I thought about at that moment was how could I be that kind of light to my friend? a light that comes unexpectedly, a light that can't be missed, and it breaks up the darkness. How could my love, or the woman sitting in front of me, or the whole row of baseball players in their front pews, how could the love and care of all of us gathered there help stream God's light that I truly believe will shine a way forward? Nicodemus didn't leave his time with Jesus with all the answers he was looking for. There wasn't clarity or closure. And I wonder if Nicodemus ever tilted his head in a new perspective to swim in this rebirth of water and spirit that Jesus speaks about, the light that exposes God's presence in this world. It's clear from this story that faith isn't meant to be easy. Faith and belief in God, it's an action. It's something we must dig into to wrestle with and explore in order to experience and begin to notice God's kingdom within us. And it made me think about this. Why do we go to church? Why do we exist at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth? And I think from this story, it is because God's kingdom is here and it's near and it's being constructed all around us. And we need to hear again that God's story made known through Jesus 
Jesus who comes to save this world. He comes to give us eyes to notice God's presence and then beckon us out into the world to be the light, to be reborn again and again in water and in spirit so that we can believe. Amen.